astonished to find that his house had been burgled during the night, but that nothing had been taken save the plaster head from the hall. It had been carried out and had been dashed savagely against the garden wall, under which its splintered fragments were discovered. Holmes rubbed his hands. "'This is certainly very novel,' said he. "'I thought it would please you, but I've not got to the end yet. "'Dr. Barnicott was due at his surgery at twelve o'clock, "'and you can imagine his amazement when on arriving there "'he found that the window had been opened in the night "'and that the broken pieces of his second bust were strewn all over the room. "'It had been smashed to atoms where it stood. "'In neither case were there any signs which could give us a clue "'as to the criminal or lunatic who had done the mischief. "'And now, Mr. Holmes, you've got the facts.' "'They are singular, not to say grotesque,' said Holmes. "'May I ask whether the two busts smashed in Dr. Barnicott's rooms "'were the exact duplicates of the one which was destroyed in Morse Hudson's shop?' Well, "'They were taken from the same mould. "'Such a fact must tell against the theory that the man who breaks them "'is influenced by any general hatred of Napoleon. "'Considering how many hundreds of statues of the great emperor must exist in London, "'it is too much to suppose such a coincidence "'as that a promiscuous iconoclast should chance to begin upon three specimens of the same bust.' "'Well, I thought as you do,' said Lestrade. "'On the other hand, this Morse Hudson is the purveyor of busts in that part of London, "'and these three were the only ones which had been in his shop for years. "'So although, as you say, there are many hundreds of statues in London, "'it is very probable that these three were the only ones in that district. "'Therefore, a local fanatic would begin with them. "'What do you think, Dr. Watson?' "'There are no limits to the possibilities of monomania,' I answered. There is the condition which the modern French psychologists have called the idée fixe, which may be trifling in character and accompanied by complete sanity in every other way. A man who had read deeply about Napoleon, or who had possibly received some hereditary family injury through the Great War, might conceivably form such an idée fixe, and under its influence be capable of any fantastic outrage. That won't do, my dear Watson said Holmes, shaking his head. For no amount of E-day fix would enable your interesting monomaniac to find out where these busts were situated. Well, how do you explain it? I don't attempt to do so. I would only observe that there is a certain method in the gentleman's eccentric proceedings. For example, in Dr. Barnicott's hall, where a sound might arouse the family, the bust was taken outside before being broken, whereas in the surgery, where there was less danger of an alarm, it was smashed where it stood. The affair seems absurdly trifling, and yet I dare call nothing trivial when I reflect that some of my most classic cases have had the least promising commencement. "'You will remember, Watson, how the dreadful business of the Abernetti family "'was first brought to my notice by the depth which the parsley had sunk into the butter "'upon a hot day. "'I can't afford, therefore, to smile at your three broken busts, Lestrade, "'and I shall be very much obliged to you "'if you will let me hear of any fresh development of so singular a chain of events.' "'The development for which my friend had asked came in a quicker and an infinitely more tragic form than he could have imagined. I was still dressing in my bedroom next morning, when there was a tap at the door and Holmes entered, a telegram in his hand. He read it aloud. "'Come instantly. 131 Pitt Street, Kensington. Lestrade.' 
What is it, then? I asked. Don't know, maybe anything, but I suspect it is the sequel of the story of the statues. In that case, our friend the image breaker has begun operations in another quarter of London. There's coffee on the table, Watson, and I have a cab at the door. In half an hour we had reached Pitt Street, a quiet little backwater just beside one of the briskest currents of London life. Number 131 was one of a row, all flat-chested, respectable, and most unromantic dwellings. As we drove up, we found the railings in front of the house lined by a curious crowd. Holmes whistled. By George, it's attempted murder at the least. Nothing less will hold the London message, boy. There's a deed of violence indicated in that fellow's round shoulders and outstretched neck. What's this, Watson? The top steps swill down and the other ones dry.